The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody, and a happy hump day to you and all, whoever is tuning in, however you're tuning in. We appreciate you for doing so. I'm AJ Salveson, 401, your kickoff time on Wednesday, September 4th. We will gear you up as a, uh, another episode of In the Know. It's our second edition of the 2019 football season. Uh, as we get you ready for the Stony Brook Seawolves from upstate New York, uh, we'll be coming into town for a 5.30 kickoff mountain time. Make sure you get your tickets at utahstateaggies.com or go to Utah State University to do so uh, and come support the Utah State Aggies who are currently 0-1 on the season after a heartbreaking loss at Wake Forest. Meanwhile, Stony Brook is 1-0 on the season after a dominating win at home versus Bryant. We're going to get to know Stony Brook in about every way, shape, and form. Uh, in fact, it's it's kind of interesting. When I was talking to Brian Miller, who, by the way, you'll hear an interview with Brian Miller. Uh, it was pre-recorded because uh, Brian had some other things he had to get to uh, later this evening as they're in New York, so two hours ahead of schedule of us. So he had some other things he had to attend to. Uh, I was able to... Uh, pick Brian's, uh, Brian's brain about Stony Brook in regards to their football team, offensively and defensively, their coach, and then Stony Brook in itself, where it's located, uh, things to do there, especially for the athletes. Um, and you'll probably you'll probably like the answers. Might even persuade you to go visit Stony Brook sometime, uh, high upstate New York, uh, where the Sea Wolves uh, have uh, or excuse me are playing. They, uh, by the way. And you'll hear it in the interview with Brian Miller, who is the assistant AD for communications. Great guy. Really, really cool cat. Um, their, uh, their attendance, they, uh, they, some of their highest attended games have occurred in the last three years. Uh, their game against Bryant was the ninth most attended overall game in their school's football history. So... Good stuff. They win 35-10 on uh, last week, actually early in the week. I believe it's a Thursday night game, so they had a couple extra days to prep and prepare for the Utah State Aggies. Again, 5.30 p.m. kickoff time. Go and get your tickets at utahstateaggies.com and go support the Utah State Aggies. We'll get you in the know in regards to the opponent. We also hear audio from not only Brian Miller, but from Coach Anderson, Jalen Warren, and uh, David Woodward and their thoughts on this uh, Stony Brook team. Uh, what uh, who they are uh, and and what they expect. Uh, there's some similar things that they see in Wake Forest that they think they'll see uh, in Stony Brook. And I watched, I mean, just a very very small amount of uh, highlights and film that that you could see on them. Uh, I I could see some similarities, and you'll find out what the similar similarities are coming up in the second hour. Uh, Eric Franson will be joining me. I don't know where he's at. He's off doing something with someone somewhere. Uh, he'll be joining me. I don't even think it's supposed to be movie quiz Wednesday. And if I'm a betting man, he didn't win. Or excuse me, he didn't prepare, not win. I was thinking a pick six, which by the way, he didn't win that either. But uh, he probably doesn't have a movie ready to go. That's that's me saying that, but that'd be my, if I was a betting man, that'd be my guess. Uh, a couple other things we want to hit on really quickly. Um I guess nationwide around the worldwide of sports, uh, Zeke on the uh, on the ninety million dollar extension. So this guy has been hanging out in Cabo, 
San Lucas or whatever that place is called, uh, just kicking it. And and the Cowboys were adamant that they wouldn't pay the money that Zeke is asking for. So Zeke's just hanging out and says, look, I can do this on my own. I can do it all day. I can do it all season if you want me to. Finally, the Cowboys oblige, and for good reason. It is Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the league. Signs an extension, and you heard it at the top of the hour news update. Six years, $90 million. 50 of that in, uh, is guaranteed. $90 million extension. That includes $50 million guaranteed. That is ridiculous. And this just comes after Todd Gurley of the Rams has, uh, had became the highest-paid running back with $45 million guaranteed and a $14.375 million average salary. Now, Zeke's 24, and his uh, contract uh, was going through 2020, and he was set to make the $3.853 million that, he was, uh, that was in his contract, and including a $9.9 million uh, on the fifth-year option. Uh, his total compensation now through 2026, one hundred million dollars. So the the first question is 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 Zeke worth the money? Yes, Zeke is a top five running back. No, excuse me, top three running back in the league. Without Zeke, Dallas doesn't make the playoffs. With Zeke, Dallas is a Super Bowl contender. Not saying they'll win it but that they'd be participating in the Super Bowl. That's how good Ezekiel Elliott is. But, uh, again, just amazing. And remember, this guy with a game this Sunday versus the Giants, this guy hasn't been working, I mean, well, at least not with, you know, professional football team because he hasn't been with the Cowboys, hasn't worked out with him, hasn't trained with him, hasn't practiced with them until now. I would guess that have an effect. I don't think it has that much of an impact, though. Pretty sure he'll be all right. Uh, but, man, huge, huge news for Dallas uh, that, again, Zeke, on a six-year, $90 million extension, that, again, includes $50 million guaranteed. Um, there are overplayed, overpaid players in the league. And they're under, certainly underpaid players in the league. Tom Brady is one of those guys. Uh, but the thing is, is it's crazy because when I look at it, I think Todd Gurley's overpaid. I don't think, in fact, it was kind of proven, even with the way, when you watch that Super Bowl unfold the way it did, I don't think Zeke's, obviously, I don't think Todd Gurley's worth that money. Zeke is definitely worth that money. I would say Todd Gurley is not. Um, so good on the Cowboys for actually um, opening up the wallet, opening up their eyes and saying, yeah, you know what, maybe this will work for us. And it's, I mean, it couldn't come at a better time e either uh, just for the fact that, um, you know, again, they have a game this Sunday versus the Giants. Uh, here's Jason Garrett on, uh, on on where he sees. Actually, well, let's start with this. Jason Garrett on Ezekiel Elliott first coming back. Yeah, obviously excited. You know, again, Zeke's been a big part of our team. He's so well-respected by everybody in our organization. He's been 
a really important player for us. So it's great to get him back in here. I know they were working hard on it last night. I was in those conversations. And then, you know, this morning uh, we woke up early and we found out the news and we got him in here and he's had a good day so far. And then uh, here's Jason Garrett on talking about how he sees Ezekiel Elliott fitting into the system. We anticipate him practicing, and we'll see how he does. He'll go through the dynamic warm-up and the individual, and then just we'll see you know, how he's responding. He's in very good shape. He looks good, uh, but he hasn't been practicing with pro football players. So we'll just see how he fits back in. Uh, but he's a quick study. He's a smart guy. Got an excellent football IQ. So uh, we'll, just see, we'll just see where he is and adjust accordingly as we go. And then finally, here's Jason Garrett on. So what do you do from here? Yeah, just get back to work. You know, he, he dove right in. Uh, again, he was in the 7.30 meetings and, you know, taking part of everything uh, this morning, and he'll practice today. So just get back to work, and uh, we're excited to have him back. That's head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, on Ezekiel Elliott. Joining me right now is my good friend. In fact, he's the Mountain Crest Mustang play-by-play radio voice. You can hear him. Does an incredible job, by the way. Really, really good job. Maiden, you're a great color guy. I have a lot of fun working with you. You know, when people say I'm a great color guy, I don't know how to yeah, take that metaphorically and it. literally. Wait, I, what's the other way to say it? Like, cause, I'm a great analyst. You're, you're a, uh, that's true, too. I would definitely give you that. <laughs> AJ Knight joins me. You can find AJ Knight on the AJ McCall Morning Show on 94.5 VFX, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. Again, he does great work there. He does great work. Uh, with the Mount Crest Mustangs. Uh, AJ, you're a big football guy. I am. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry about your Purdue Boilermakers. That's a sorry one. <sighs> Hurts to see. I think a lot of Aggies fans and Boilermaker fans are kind of the same. I was talking to my brother about it, and you just have that attitude like, oh, of course. Of course that's what happened. You've just seen it so many times. <laughs> uh, well, look at this Ezekiel situation. He, he's been gone in San Cabo Lucas, just hanging out, you know, getting a nice tan, hitting the waters, hitting the surfing board, petting dolphins, whatever it is, comes back because the Cowboys were like, look, it was almost like a staring contest. First one to blink, yeah. Cowboys blink, and they blink big because it's six years, $90 million with $50 million guaranteed. Your your thoughts on the situation? I'm kind of surprised that they, they caved because that means he signed for eight years now. I think it's eight and 103, I think is what it shakes out to about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for him... It's so tough because is he a top running back? Yes. Do running backs have a long shelf life? No. So I, I'm honestly surprised. I think the smart money would have been, I guess if he holds out, he holds out, but the smart money would have been said, nope, we're going to play year two, and then maybe we'll franchise you. And by then you're probably done, which is kind of heartless, but it's also probably the smartest business decision. I don't know. Um, I get it. I just I think it, I think it's long-term not a great move. Uh, okay, who's more dramatic or whose situation was more drama? Ezekiel Elliott or Antonio Brown with the Raiders in his helmet? Oh, totally Brown because, I mean, the Cowboys one is, is because of Jerry Jones. Because if Jerry Jones doesn't talk to the media, it's just a lot of, well, what's going to happen? We're still not here. Yeah. I don't, I'm sure you've mentioned it, but Antonio Brown, I just heard earlier today, got a fines from the Raiders, got a letter, and then he posted on Instagram. Yeah, the guy posted it on his Instagram account. Uh, so the the letter is from issued from Mike Maycock and it's a fine. Yeah. Uh, the fine is, by the way, no chump change. Anyways, it, he uh, it's a fifty four thousand dollar total in fines for missing time during training camp. So Antonio Brown, what does he do? Posts on Instagram and then puts, 
when your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now. Devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. Um, I don't speak ghetto, so no. I have no idea what that means. I, I, I don't understand the level of delusion where you convince yourself, yeah, everybody's out to get me. Like I, I have contributed nothing at all to the issues that I'm surrounded by. I, I, just, I, I can't wrap my head around that. It's the same thing with the Steelers. Like I think he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Where don't get me wrong, I don't. There's a lot of dirty hands in that. I think Mike Tomlin wasn't great. Big Ben wasn't great. But you're like, okay, Antonio Brown, really? Seriously, you don't think you did anything wrong? It's such a level of delusion I'll never understand. Uh, he's actually now finally chosen a helmet that is approved by the NFL. It's in uh, Zenith Shadow uh, is what it's called. I don't know what the big deal is, but I, I guess he's thrilled about the helmet, I don't so know. to say. It's just, man, I, I, you forget. Well, this kind of stuff re- helps us remember why we love college football so much more, right? I mean, when's the last time you saw a football player sit out because he couldn't choose his helmet? Yeah. I mean, I think coaches in college football now would argue the transfer portal is kind of a similar thing. Yeah. They would base, I think a lot of old school coaches would say that's kids pouting. Yeah, I'd agree. Even the transfer rule in high school, I'd put that in that kind of regard. You know, when you don't get a start or get a play or you don't make the team, you transfer to another school, just be able to make the team or get to start. I think that's a, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand it. I could see both sides of it, but it, it's just. It's so hard for me to preach school loyalty for a kid when the coaches don't have the same thing. Like coaches don't have the loyalty either because they'll get up and leave for the next better job. And sure, and they're 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 trying to audition. I think most coaches, except for maybe ten or or probably even less than that, are trying to find the better job. So the kids that you get four, you get five years, you get five years to make your impression to possibly play in the NFL. Um, Obviously, if you're an undrafted free agent, you can make it. But if you're better, then you're going to get some more money up front. So I kind of get it, but yeah, I, I just I think I think it becomes more drama when the coaches make a big deal out of it. Like when the with the the, the Clemson quarterback left, nobody yeah. said anything, and then the coach Dabo Sweeney was like, "Yeah, he's not getting a championship ring," which I don't think is necessarily the wrong decision. But when you make a big deal of it, that's what makes the issue. Hmm. It's like Jerry Jones with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, there's drama, but it's Jones is doing all the public talking. So if he doesn't say as much, I think there's you know you don't have the drama around it. It's just more speculation, but there's not a whole lot of noise. But the, but I feel like the pageantry of college football overshadows the drama of it. I mean, just yeah, I would agree. Honestly, with that. I mean, like the the colors, the crowd, the tailgating, the I mean, the the trash talk between rivals. Oh no, I, I mean now now granted we had to we had to sit there for three months and listen to BYU and, and Utah yak at each other, and then turn around and start yelling at Utah State fans for absolutely no reason at all. But that's what makes the game so much fun, I, and I think with NFL, it's it's just I don't know. It's it's almost what do you, what do you, what's the word? I'm trying to look for this word and I can't find it. But it's an annoyance where it's used as you know trash talk the NFLs. Well, your guy's only getting paid five million more than this guy or whatever. <laughs> bougie, like it's that's bougie. Like, yeah. I mean, really, but it's it, it's so lazy and it's so. It's so annoying. No, um, I, but in my college football, it's hey, look, my team's better than your team because we got this guy, this guy, this guy, and and it, there's no and they can and the great thing about fans is that they don't put the whole well at least not in Utah the whole five star recruit into it. Now maybe Alabama, Auburn, I think there's that, but not but not with yeah. in state well, arguing. As a Purdue fan, I can tell you that uh, 
some of those schools will cl- clutch on to history as long as possible. I was, gonna, I agree with you because, like, as a Purdue fan, I can't stand Notre Dame and IU. As a Bears fan, I don't hate the Packers or Detroit or Minnesota. It's kind of, eh, I cheer for my team, and I'll probably say some things when I watch the game Thursday night, but there's real, a, a little bit more vitriol for college sports, so I totally agree with you. But, uh, yeah, when it comes to those things, IU hasn't won anything in a really long time, but, man, that didn't stop them from making that argument anytime they talk to a Purdue fan. By the way, I, I got to ask you, um, as upsetting as it is for you to lose that game, as a Mountain Out, as a Mountain West Conference kid, I applaud Purdue and Missouri for going on the road playing at non-P5 schools. Yeah. I absolutely applaud that move. I know it's a tough loss to swallow, but yeah. as on the other side of it, we're saying thank you for actually being willing to throw the ego aside, leave it where it was, and to come play Nevada or for Missouri to come play Wyoming. I think that is a huge amount of respect from Mount West Conference fans to be able to say that. I think for the smaller schools, the smaller Power 5 schools, it's uh, I think it's twofold. I think you do it because obviously no one's going to agree to just do a one-off with you. you got to do the home-and-home. Home. So Purdue and Nevada have a home-and-home. Home. I think they play Nevada in two years. And uh, on the other side, it it makes sense because if you're Purdue now, you now you get seen in Nevada. I know they've like they play TCU this year, who they have a home and home with. So you'll you'll get to go to Texas, which is a big recruiting state for Purdue. So I think that's why. But I, I'm with you I, as a as a program. It probably doesn't make sense to do. It would make sense to play the cupcakes and then play your conference schedule and let the chips fall where they for where they lie. As a fan in general of college football, way better. So much better than watching. You know, Maryland beat the crap out of Howard seventy nine to zero. Who wants to watch that? Well, it's crazy. Is 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 with that because Purdue went and played Nevada. Um, it's it's not a cupcake game, and I don't think Purdue took it as such either. I really don't. I think they understood how good Nevada was. They understood the the trap game that it could be because it's on the road at Nevada. Yeah. Same thing for Missouri going to – actually, I think more Missouri and Wyoming was more Missouri thinking that's a cupcake game. We can go get an easy oh, I definitely think start so. 1-0 and, and get ourselves on the right foot. I think Purdue I think Purdue didn't at the first half. I think they took their foot off in the second quarter – or second half and thought, yeah, we, this is easy. We got this. So what did they let that one go? What's uh, more – as a SEC fan, which you aren't, but if you were, what would be more embarrassing loss? Tennessee to Tennessee. Georgia State? Really? Tennessee. Tennessee's more story. Tennessee has more history. Tennessee was at home. Georgia State, in my opinion, is not as good as Wyoming. And that's the other thing, too. So, you can you as a Mountain West fan, I think, can attest. The smaller I think the smaller like if you're out of the power five, and don't get me wrong, there, I think there's some great places. The Big Ten has a ton of some of the best home field advantages. But those places get rowdy. Laramie was rocking for yeah. that game. Yeah. Because it's one of the, probably, no offense to the rest of the Mountain West, it's probably the biggest opponent they're going to have in Laramie this season. Uh, actually, yeah. I would say that. Unless Boise State gets over there. Up there, then. Top top yeah, two, yeah. top no, three. No, no, I'd, sure. I, I'd still put Missouri over Boise State. Though. So, I mean... And that—that's what I—that's really what I love. When it, it, no disrespect, but the smaller places are so much. I think more passionate. The bigger you get, like, like I can't imagine. So Alabama football, right? Crazy, and their basketball team was decent this year. But I bet every other program falls by the wayside. I don't feel like their fandom probably carries across. Whereas out here, I think with the less professional sports too, like Wyoming doesn't have a professional team. The closest one would have to be what Seattle, maybe a Canadian football team. So the college, it just becomes some more passionate. I love it out here. With the Aggies and 
Uh, Salt Lake, I think, has a little bit of it. Boise State, I think, has that kind of passion. Look, and I've said it before about Wyoming. I I said it numerous, and I mean at nauseum in spades of how tough it is to win at Wyoming. Yeah. I said that going into that week. I said it after we won ugly. I, I, I told everybody that is a incredibly, for whatever reason, a very, very tough place to play. And that and that's a game where bounces could go wrong easily right. and turn that game into a route where you were leading big. Yeah. Um and I think Missouri figured it out the hard way and Utah State, you know, found out how tough it is to win at Wyoming. They've known for a while. Uh but that really that I mean that's just and there's like that when you have when you develop a theme to your stadium such as Wyoming's is to theirs. Uh, I mean, even Lavelle Edwards, one of the greatest coaches in college football history, when I had asked him, I said this story uh, a couple of times at least, but when I one time I asked him off the air, I said, Coach, what, what's the toughest place you played at? And he looked at me and just gave me like this deadpan, are you stupid look. <laughs> and he said, Laramie, I hate Laramie. <laughs> and he, like, it was just, and he kind of get the slight grin. But I mean, you could just tell how much he that place. He uh, he he told me a bunch of stories too, and like how grateful he was, like and almost relieved more that they won the WAC championship in 1996 at Wyoming. He said that place was murder to have to go win a game I at. Bet. And he says that night you didn't know if you were going to get out of there alive. Uh, <laughs> So I mean, I'm just saying it just proves to the theme of those small schools. Like you said, I loved what you said that those small schools can end up being really, really big traps for big teams to go and win at. I I totally agree. Hey, let me let me ask you. I know you and Eric got into this obviously uh, after Labor Day with the game on Friday. So with Utah State, obviously they they got the conference, but I feel like Utah State and Purdue are kind of in the same boat. Purdue has Vanderbilt and TCU coming up. So that first game for, I think, a lot of Purdue fans felt like must win to get to six. And I know Utah State well past it. They're definitely going to win six. But how does the season fall? I know it's only one game, but I feel like we're both kind of with our fandoms in about the same spot because that first game, I think, was a big deal for is the season going to be like for Purdue? It was like, are we going to compete in the West or are we just going to go for six and six? And I feel like for the Aggies, the game against Wake Forest was like, we're maybe going to run the table or 9-10 again. Um, am I wrong? Well, no. Look, Utah State's lost how many of these P five games, right? Right. I mean, it's it, it's uh, I I'm not, I don't want to call it a tradition, but it's been a curse <laughs> just the way we've lost him. Fair. I mean, Auburn. Like you had a ten point lead with t- two minutes left, and and that evaporates and lose Auburn. Uh, you had the you know you had the game against Wisconsin on a field goal, and you, you oh, that I mean, one you was chunk rough. it right, and it doesn't even come close. You lose that game uh, last year against Michigan State, a two minute drive. Jordan Love at quarterback, you thought that, I mean, and they're at midfield at this point, and they lose that one on a pick. Uh, we were following that one so close. I was up in the booth, uh, I think, for a Green Canyon game during yeah. that one. And then you have, uh, and then, of course, you have, you know, this this Wake Forest game. And, and you're right. A lot of, I think a lot of fans, and I, and I can almost promise you that the, when the coaching staff and the players sat in film, uh, the, you know, the, the following morning, uh, they looked at it and just probably wanted to throw chairs left and right at the wall knowing how many opportunities they had to close that game and beat Wake Forest. Yeah. There's and 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 you, it's I mean, it is what it is, but I think then your you mean your mind snaps out of it because you got Stony Brook coming up on Saturday and Stony Brook took care of I know it's Bryant and so you're like, "Well, who that crap is Bryant?" 
But still, when you see Georgia State beat Tennessee, yeah. when you see Missouri lose at Wyoming, when you see Nevada pummel Purdue, when, or not pummel, but you know lose to Purdue, or beat Purdue, excuse me, and when you see Boise State come back from a, a big deficit and, oh, that game was crazy. and shock Florida State, uh, you look at this and you say, if we pout too long, 0-1's going to turn into a bigger hole, and it's going to affect us in conference. So you snap out of it, look at film, what do you got to correct, get ready for Stony Brook. You beat Stony Brook, you're 1-1 on the season with a bye and then two big conference games. One at San Diego State where you haven't won since you've been in the Mountain West Conference, you're 0-12 there. Or excuse me, 0-11 there. All time at San Diego State, 0-11. And then you get Colorado State at home who is looking and just salivating for revenge after you you won on on, on a technicality where a receiver stepped out of bounds then caught a Hail Mary pass in the end zone. Uh, so they want they want that game back very, very badly. Uh, and, and so with all that in mind, I think Coach Anderson and his staff are going to do a great job flipping the kids' heads, saying, look, that was what I was last week. Here's this week. Here's Stony Brook. And then after you get that win, you're one-on-one. You reset, find your footing. You're right back into it. No, it's a good point. I, I think, know that's uh, a long answer, and I'm sorry. No, no that's, you're mean, right. I think it's a great answer, but they, they showed graphics Saturday night. I was watching Fresno. I watched the whole Fresno State-USC game. Mountain West did really well. I think they beat, I think, one opponent. The conference as a whole beat one opponent, I think, from every other Power 5 conference. It's Missouri's SEC, Purdue's Big Ten, uh, Hawaii beat uh, Arizona in Week 0. It's a Pac-12. Um, is there a Big 12 game? Somebody beat the Big 12? Uh, Boise beat Florida State. That's the ACC. ACC. No. Okay, so maybe not Big 12, but still. That's four of the five Power 5 conferences. You know what? Actually, you know what? That's a good point. Speaking of which, uh, San Diego State's head coach. uh, Where is this thing at? He he actually got – someone asked him about, you know, playing a – you know, big schools coming to play small schools. And the whole schedule of it all and, and the controversy of will big schools come and play little universities. Here's the head football coach, Rocky Long of San Diego State Aztecs, and his very stern answer on that question. We had a team in our league beat a team from a Power 5, four of the five Power 5 conferences. And I hear about how we don't play anybody at home, and two of those teams are coming here to play. I mean, uh, one of the teams in our league beat the ACC, they beat the Pac-12, they beat the Big Ten, they beat the SEC. Wyoming beat uh, Missouri, and if I remember right, that says SEC. And they're coming here for a home game. And so is Nevada, who beat the Big Ten. So I guess our schedule has gotten a lot better than everybody seems to be thinking it is. And our league is a whole lot better than everybody thinks it is. So please don't tell me about the lack of playing home games against good opponents and the lack of uh, good teams in our league. Now, Well, good morning to you, Rocky Long. It makes a great point. That's and a great actually, point. San Diego that's State's a- at UCLA, I think, this Saturday. Yep, this Saturday. I think they could beat them, honestly. I don't think UCLA's very good. And Fresno State's got Minnesota at home. I bet on Fresno State to win that game. I would too. I would absolutely take Fresno State. There's no State. way that, but by argument, Fresno State should have beat USC, and Minnesota is not as good as USC. As a Big Ten fan, they are not as good as USC. Really? Not. Mm-mm. USC's way more talented. 
Well, they didn't play. I mean, look, they got by Fresno State by eight. I think Fresno State's a decent team. That's what I, I think. It's I think Fresno State will beat Minnesota. I think Minnesota they they played a Dakota school that's not very good, and they I think they got by by about fourteen at home. But he made, he makes a great point too because I feel like and Kirk Herbstreit's one of the biggest people that I think is uh, a victim of or a, a component of this is the the big schools generally won't go to small schools why because it doesn't benefit you if you lose it's bad you win yeah. you were supposed to no, that's true and so then the little schools don't get the resume and so they say well they're not as good so then when like a Northern Illinois and I know they get crushed by Florida State or Western Michigan runs the table Herbstreit I think is one of the, usually the first people that's on the bandwagon if they shouldn't have this spot. Well, they can only do what they can do, and he makes a great point because their strength of schedule should go up because Nevada beat Purdue and Wyoming beat Missouri, so that should improve the Mountain West as a whole. The conference showed this week a pretty good conference. Someone tweeted out here, uh, BYU, and I know we're kind of shifting gears, but I really want to bring this up, though. BYU, he says, wouldn't walk into the Mountain West, and he's a Wyoming fan, and win 10 games. BYU wouldn't walk into the Mountain West Conference and win 10 games. Group of five versus Power Five in Week 1. Mountain West was 4-3. and three. American was 2-4. and four. Sunbelt 1-4. and four. Conference USA 0-3. American 0-5. Again, your wins for Mountain West, Wyoming over Missouri, SEC. Nevada over Purdue, Big Ten. Boise State over at Florida State, ACC. Hawaii over Arizona, Pac-12. Uh, very, very interesting. And then if you were to put... BYU schedule into a Mountain West conference schedule, right? So bear with me here. Tell me if they win or lose the, these games, okay? Okay. Utah. Loss. UMass. Win. Central South Virginia State College. I would hope if a school has more than two directions, it's a win. <laughs> San Diego, at San Diego State. Loss. Colorado State at home. I think it's a loss. At Nevada. Uh, I think they can win that one. At Air Force. Ooh. Oh boy. I, I maybe I think a win, man. That's that's tight. On the if they're at home win on the road, they might lose. Fresno at home? I think they lose. Uh at Wyoming. Loss. Boise at home. Loss. New Mexico at home. Uh win. I'm going to make sure I count this right so I don't give them too many road games. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Yep, so USU at home. Loss, obviously. <laughs> Aggies over the Cougars, I'll tell you. Okay, but I mean, uh, but wait, hold on. At home, though, at BYU, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium this year. I think the Aggies will still beat them. I think it'll be ugly. That's what I mean, for Utah, it was ugly, and then I think the talent prevailed. For you, USU might struggle a little bit more, but I think they're a better team. I don't think that's bull eligible. I think I gave about four or five wins. Uh, yeah, you said, let's see. So UMass is a win. South Virginia is a win. Uh, you said Nevada's a win? Yeah. Air Force is a win, you said? On the road, that's a toss-up. Yeah. Four. Uh, Fresno's a loss at Wyoming. Oh, definitely loss. New Mexico's a win. That's five. That's five. Yep, that's. I think that was get. the last one, right? Five yep. and seven. Yep, five and seven is where you would. Have I, it. I would agree. Which, I, by I, the way, so that's funny you say that. Now, with that, you take their non-conference schedule, or at least their schedule this year. They are predicted to go five and seven. <laughs> yeah, it's just intriguing. I'm just, I think. I think. 
So tell me, so I'm from Indiana, right? I'm I'm from the the land of Notre Dame. Notre Dame's the glorious independent football school, though technically they signed the deal with the ACC, so they got to play five football games with them a year, and the rest of their sports get to be in the ACC. Um, I don't understand in this Notre Dame. I think only gets to pull it off because they have the cachet. BYU, I think, not being part of a conference football wise anymore is a huge mistake. Notre Dame can only pull it off because they have the history. BYU, at some point, I think, no offense, Cougar fans probably had some of the history. But it, you have dropped like a rock. Conferences boost you up. They get you money. They give you more cachet. They give you help. They give you a good schedule. It usually is the better uh, opponents. They're going to help you recruiting. Because I think that's what it was. Once upon a time, I think BYU could out-recruit everybody here. Utah's in the Pac-12. They're not out-recruiting them. Aggies probably give them a run for their money right now. And now, recruiting so national... It doesn't matter where you're at. Good player here in Utah doesn't mean that he's just staying in Utah. USC's going to come calling. Boise's going to come calling. There's some other bigger schools that are going to find their way over here. Hmm. That's a good point. I think it's a mistake for them not to be in a conference. At that, well, I mean, and I think based on the fact that they can't win a conference. Like, look, they just lost to Utah, so now they're, rele- they're relegated to the Hawaii Bowl. Because right. they, they aren't going to beat... They, I don't think they beat Washington. I think they beat Tennessee and beat USC. I don't think they beat Washington, though. So, really, you're looking at a Hawaii <laughs> ball already. You, you have more faith in them than I do. US, Tennessee's a push. They're clearly bad. I don't know that they beat USC. I don't think USC's that good. I I mean, look, they're talented, but I still don't think they're good. I think they're poorly coached. Oh, I, I would definitely not give Clay Helton a whole lot of credit. I just think they're <laughs> <laughs> they're not bad. All right, we got to go to break. Coming back, uh, AJ, can you stick around for a second? Or you got to go. No, I can hang out. Uh, I want to talk some high school football with you Let's really do quickly. It. You are the play-by-play guy for the Minor Coast Mustangs. Want to get your thoughts so far as we are one week away from region play. Yeah. Final week in the preseason here. Uh, we'll get your thoughts there. It's AJ Knight jumping in for Eric Franson because Happy Eric to. is getting a Slurpee at 7-Eleven or something right now. Pedicure, I think, is what I heard. <laughs> it's all coming up on the Full Court Press. AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salveson. It's the AJ AJ Show here on the Full Court Press. The Fan. AJ Knight, AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. It's a hump day, Wednesday, September 4th. Utah State Aggies will host Stony Brook in their home opener Saturday, 5.30 p.m. We'll get you in the know on the Stony Brook Seawolves coming up at 5 p.m. I love Phil Collins. Oh, who doesn't? I just want the Genesis reunion, the original Genesis. Hey, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Do you remember that song, End of the the Innocence by Don Henley? You cannot find that song anywhere. Huh. It's not on YouTube. Like, I mean... Nothing. I wonder why. I can't find that. That's kind of surprising. I, I just assume nowadays I can find basically anything on the internet. Eric Franson's going to be here sometime at some point during the show, but for now I'll take AJ. In fact, I'll, I'll take AJ today and any day, <laughs> twice on Sunday. Over, no, I love Eric. Uh, <gasps> AJ Dutcher, play-by-play voice for the Mountain Crest Mustangs Regional Eleven Football. Again, if you want to look at those games, go to cashvalleydaily.com. Yes. Uh, find the streams for those games or find where those games can be found. By the way, CV Pick'em, you're our Cash Valley Weekly Pick'em. Yes. Every week we do it. New prize, new How winners. How are you doing on that, by the way? 
I'm terrible. I have not done well. Uh, good, not great. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm 11th overall. F- follow right Ajay then, because I, I think I've been miserable. Yeah, you've been it. struggling. Yeah, which hey, happens to the best of us. Yeah, I'm taking yeah. it too personal. Uh, Mountain Crest Mustangs, by the way, have uh, been poor and not good. And this, they start the season 0-3. In fact, they've only scored in double digits once. That was last week. They fell short to Box Elder. Yeah. 21-15. When you look at the first three games for the Mountain Crest Mustangs, what do you stand? What what stands out to you? I think the first week you and I were both because of course you're my my analyst, my color guy on on Mountain Crest as well. First game, both sides of the ball didn't play well. It was really surprising for the defense. The second game, I thought they played the defense played a lot better. They just kind of broke at the end. And then last game, I think that one. You write the story uh, that Mountain Crest was the better team basically all night, but you just you can't turn the ball over four times. Yeah, because they threw three interceptions, and lost a fumble, and Box Elder lost a fumble, and those—that's the turnover margin. You can't well, do that. And, and two of those turnovers were on the plus side of the field. Yeah. One of those turnovers was in the red zone. Yeah, the fumble was like, yeah. I mean, you're saying like I think it's like a twenty-yard line. Okay, so then uh, expand it now. I mean, you look at the regional, region twelve as a whole. Uh, Bear River, excuse me, Bear River is is trying to get out of a rut. They lose to Bonneville last week, 23-17. Bonneville will be at Mountain Crest this week. Yeah. Uh, Stansbury falls, or excuse me, Green Canyon's undefeated. They beat Stansbury last week pretty handedly. They're 3-0. and Farming, go ahead. I was going to say, Green, I think, so Bear River and Mountain Crest, I think, are in about the same spot, kind of inconsistent. I think Bear River had that really impressive showing against Juan Diego, and then Box Elder came in and dumped them. Um, but I think them and Mountain Crest are kind of the same spot. Green Cannon, I think a lot of people expect them to be good. Richlines had lost last week to Farmington and had me scratch my head, specifically because they got shut out. Because they were putting up points. You've phrased it the best the whole season, is that you you predicted our first broadcast that Richline was going to score a lot of points. So to get shut out last week was a little bit of a shocker to me. But that proves to you, I mean, and I've talked to some people in Salt Lake, they think that Farmington team is going to make an appearance in a state championship. It, yeah. State semi state semifinals for sure, maybe a state championship. That's how good that yeah. Farmington team yeah. was and they proved it against a very high scoring Ridgeline team. Based on what I've seen from Ridgeline this early in the season, that that's a that would be a big feather in your cap to not only beat them but to shut them out. How about Logan last week or just dominating Preston? I, uh, is yeah. Logan real or I mean are they finally getting out of their struggles or are we it was that just a fluke? I, I would like to believe that Preston's a pretty pretty decent team, so I think that was a I big win I. for them. Maybe at them, I think for them, maybe it's just figuring a couple things out because they lost a ton of offensive talent. So maybe they started to figure out a couple things, and now you're seeing them show, okay, this this is what works for us. Uh, do you see any of these teams, Green Canyon, Bear River, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest, Logan Skyview, making a run at a state championship with the way this 4A class is set up? Man, so Green Cannon obviously has a big advantage early because they're undefeated, so that helps them with uh, you know the new RPI system. That if you have if you've missed it, Ajay has broken it down and explained it very well every time we've gotten on the air from Mountain Crest. Um, I, I I like Green Cannon from what I saw last year. We'll see. Reg, they really struggled in region last year. Ridgeline, I think anytime you could score points like that would make it interesting. But Logan obviously last year could put up points and then lost. What was it? Like it was first one to a hundred in their playoff game last year, <laughs> and then I've seen I've seen Falslev Mason Falslev quarterback for Skyview in person, and I know I know they didn't win last year, but anytime you got that kid on the field, you got a shot. Yeah, he is. I I feel like I've seen NFL talent twice uh, for high school football, and he's one of them. <laughs> I know he's going to play basketball, but I think he I think he can play on Sundays. It's good stuff.
Uh, really quickly, we're going to go to another break here. I got to ask you this question. Um, actually, you know, we'll ask that question next break. I've, okay. I've got, cause you're a betting kind of guy. I am. I you have are. Bets. And I, I want to ask today. you if you take the over or under on this, because yeah, we'll, we'll get okay. to it in just a okay. moment. AJ Knight, I'm AJ Salveson. Uh, we're talking high school football here really quickly. One last thing, uh, CV Pickham, go to cvpickham.com. Yes. Uh, and, and put your picks in weekly. Compete against Eric France and myself and AJ Knight uh, and see if you can best us right now. Everybody's besting AJ. Oh, big time. I'm bad right now. <laughs> I tell everybody when they play, like, I'm listed as an expert, but I wouldn't trust my picks. <laughs> Maybe even pick the opposite of what I pick. You can go to 1069thefan.com as well and be able to participate. You get a weekly prize. If you win, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Grand prize, 65-inch, 4K TV, courtesy of Lynn's Audio and Video. Get some. All right, coming back, I've got a betting question for okay. you. I'm kind of interested in if you take the over or under on this. Uh, I, I know you, high school hasn't been treating you so well, but this might help you out. Looking forward to it. AJ Nott, AJ Salas, and Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Audrey Salveson, that's me, AJ Knight, that's him. AJ Audrey here covering the first hour of the Full Court Press because Eric went off and got himself. I don't know where he's at. He says he's on his way. Spicy uh, nuggets, maybe? Yeah, I hope he brings me back some nachos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is the best What is the best sports, like fall season, what's the best food, food to get in the concession stand? Hot dog, nachos, what are you feeling? I'm a big hamburger fan. Yeah, okay. I respect that. I love going to high school games and just get me a hamburger. I love, I love it. soft pretzels. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, just a thought. I no, dude. You're no. always at the, you're always at the games earlier than me, so I figured you'd be a good. Person I know, and then at halftime, I'm like starving. Like AJ, go grab me something. You got two minutes. Okay, I'm gonna be back. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Knight joining with me. You can listen to AJ Knight on the 94.5 VFX Morning Show with McCall Taylor, yes. 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. They do a fantastical job. Uh, and uh, by the way, AJ is your play-by-play guy for the Mountain Crest Mustangs. He also does an incredible job at that. Yeah. He's also a great better. He's also very knowledgeable in the game yeah. of betting in the sport. I did pretty good, actually, I think. So let me ask you something. Okay. The, the Utah Utes are favored by 28 against Northern Illinois. Okay? Northern <sighs> Illinois, 28 points. Okay. Four touchdowns. Do you take the over... Or sorry, now it's been moved to twenty three. Sorry, oh. it was twenty eight to start. That's a, that's a big move. It's been moved down to twenty three. Now, are you taking the over or under? Are you taking, I guess, the Utah to cover the spread? Oh boy! So on principle, normally if a spread is that big, I'll take the under. I got to see here real fast who Northern Illinois played last week. Because you only obviously have one week. To, hey, while, while I'm contemplating this. I saw. I I didn't take it because I still think they cover it. So New Mexico State, right, is a, an opponent that Aggie fans are somewhat familiar with. Yes, they play. They're at Alabama this week. The starting spread for that was minus fifty four. <laughs> I, I didn't. I still didn't take it because I I really want to be like okay. Once you're up like thirty eight, you call off the dogs, right? But I'm like they beat they they dropped fifty on Duke this week. And I think uh, New Mexico State went up to uh, Eastern or Washington State last week and got beat like fifty-four to seven. So I was like, "Eh, I don't think I'm going to take that one." So while you're looking here, I'll even help you out here. 
They beat Illinois State 24-10. Okay. Uh, Illinois State, actually, I think is still run by a Purdue, uh, Purdue alum. Brock's back, I think is his name. Defensive coordinator for Purdue for a long time. Um, Covering by 23? Gosh, that's still a lot. I, I So if, if I was betting, I would not bet on this one, but I think they will. Okay, I don't so think they stop Moss here. So Northern Illinois has a like tendency to go get wins that they're not even supposed to be in a game, right? Well, I'm going to read you a list. Watch. I mean, okay. this, is, this may change your mind, may not. 1983, Kansas at Kansas, they win 37-34. Uh, 88 at Wisconsin, they win 1917. 89 at Kansas State, they win 37-20. Then three straight wins versus Kansas State, Wake Forest, and Maryland. In 90, 02, and 03. And then this will take you back in time. At Alabama, they won in 03, 19 to 16. Really? Then at home, they beat Iowa State in 03. So in 03, they had wins against Maryland, Alabama, and Iowa State. <laughs> in, 2000, in 2009, I hate to bring this up, they beat Purdue yeah. at Purdue 2020. Uh, then they beat Minnesota in 2010, 34 23. And then. Home against Kansas, but anybody was beating Kansas, even a high school team, 30-23 to in 2012. And then in 13, twice, 14, 17, and 18, they beat, on the road, Iowa, Purdue again, 55-24. Oh, yeah, they set a record. It was the biggest, I think it was the biggest, uh, or most amount of points Purdue's given up to a non-Power 5 team. We have a lot of those. The headline for the Nevada game was Purdue needs to stop being the biggest blank blank. Because it was like Nevada's biggest comeback, the longest field goal in Nevada history. We have a we have a ton of those. It's not been good. Uh, that was in thirteen. So in thirteen, they got Iowa on the road at Iowa, thirty twenty seven. Then went Schlack Purdue fifty five twenty four. In fourteen, they got Northwestern at Northwestern twenty three fifteen at Nebraska in seventeen. That was Bo Pelina's pretty much last throw. Uh, and then last year at BYU seven to six. That was a great game. Man, they st- They have Northern Illinois stolen a lot of people's money. They got paid to come there, and they weren't supposed to win, and they took it anyway. Yeah, they took the money, took the win, and said, thank you very Gosh. much, we're on our way. Okay, that being said, I might take the take the under. I'm thinking under. I think that there's just ways. I remember That's a good point. when Utah played Northern Illinois, I think this was like three years ago. I mean, it was ugly. They got the win, but it was by no means pretty. You know, the funny thing is, so when Utah played BYU, I bet on that game. I bet on Utah to cover, and they did. But I was asking around because I'm not as familiar with the rivalry as a lot of people here, obviously. And the funny thing was there was plenty of people who I think were are technically BYU fans, but they said pick Utah because Utah has a chance to do something special for the state this year. So it was kind of interesting to hear people say they wanted to get on board behind Utah in general because they want to see them make the run that a lot of analysts think they could do. They could win the Pac-12. They could potentially get in the playoffs. If they can run the table, and again, they got kind of a, I mean, a semi-brutal schedule here. I'm looking at it right now, actually, as we speak. Um, they got Northern Illinois this Saturday, and then they, they got Idaho State next week, and then it's conference, which includes dates at USC, Washington State at home, at Oregon State, Arizona State at home, Cal at home, at Washington on That's November 2nd. One. That might be your that might be your deciding factor there. UCLA as, is at Utah uh, in November, and then they're at Arizona, which has been always a tricky place for Utah. And then they got Colorado at home to close it off. The good thing for them is the South is not great. Yeah, 
But that was that Washington wants a big one. They also need help too, because Oregon losing already because a lot of people are down on the Pac-12. So Oregon losing to Auburn, especially in the way they did, didn't help. But they need a good opponent to meet them from the north, whether it's Washington or Oregon or Washington State, who I think is 23, 22 in the original in the first poll. Uh huh. They need a good opponent there. I tell you, I was listening to you guys last week, and I you brought up uh, the coach. Is this his last season if he doesn't deliver? And I think was it you? You mentioned Harbaugh in that discussion too, right? I did yes. I am on board with your train of thought. I don't think they'll fire him, but if they do not win the Big Ten, he has never. Michigan has never played in the Big Ten championship game. They've never played in it. They've never been to Ohio State since he's been there. Is that right? Uh yeah. So I'm. I don't think they'll fire him because the grass isn't always greener. Yeah. But if he doesn't win this year, they ain't, they ain't doing it. Hmm. It's AJ Dunn. I'm AJ Salas, and we'll close up the first hour here. Eric Franson will be available, maybe. For the second <laughs> hour, we'll get you in the know on the Sony Burke Sea Wolves. You're listening to the Full Court Press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. <laughs> AJ Knight, AJ Salves, the AJ, AJ Full Court Press Show. Eric Franson might be back. By the way, your mic's not on, Eric, so don't even try anything scandalous. Don't even try it. I know what you're thinking. You're looking at me, and you're giving me that look. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here for the first hour. Now, coming up in the second hour, you got your in Hi, the I know. <laughs> I'm on the air, you fetch. Uh, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> Why, who, I, hey, uh, we actually are looking for a new co-host because oh, score. Uh, Eric's going to be busy. It looks like the, the rest of his life, he's... I don't know. This whole, like, you showing up at 5 o'clock is just not going to work for me. (laughs) 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 Eric Francis is going to join me at 5 o'clock. We're going to get you in the know on Stony Brook Seawolves, including Brian Miller, the uh, assistant athletic director of communications for mainly over football. He's going to give us a a breakdown of what that football team looks like and what the the campus is like and what the city is like and and what athletes do when they go to New York City. You're going to be kind of surprised with the answers. You're going to like I'd it. I'd get in a lot of trouble, I'll tell you that. Well, that's that's good. I'm going to let Stony Brook know not to recruit you for football. That's fair. Whatever that's, they do, do not get AJ. Point. I'm past my eligibility anyway, so it'd be just a wasted scholarship. <laughs> well, and there's uh, there's uh, like way past uh, like your peak. No, definitely. <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. AJ Knight, thank you so much for joining yeah, me. That, to, that was buddy. a blast. I'm glad you walked in. He, I mean, you walk in like, hey, you on the air? And I was like. No, I'm only doing a show in the full court press. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you and Jason Garrett were having a conversation about Zeke. That's my bad. (laughs) Oh, Frick, you can find him on a 94.5 VFX every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Wait, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m.? That's a long shift. I mean, you all feel like you're already here through that much time anyway. We'll see you for the second hour, everybody. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Now that the Ezekiel Elliott deal is done, the Cowboys can finally get to work. I don't know how big a distraction it's been in the locker room, but it would be nice not hearing about him in the media all the time. Like, how good the Cowboys could be with Elliott in the fold. There was a reason owner Jerry Jones prioritized him over other key players. He has to win now, and Elliott is the key to that. Dallas has more pieces in place than it's had at any time since the Jimmy Johnson era. The offensive line is healthy and should dominate. 
They have depth at wide receiver and possibly the best linebacking duo in the NFL with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. Elliott makes everyone better, even the defense, because he keeps that unit off the field. We don't know if Elliott's return is enough to take the Cowboys over the top, certainly in a very difficult NFC East with the Eagles. But what we know for sure is Ezekiel Elliott is in the backfield, and that gives the Dallas Cowboys their best shot to win a championship in decades. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.